We tore the tarry rope to shreds with blunt and bleeding nails. We rubbed the doors and scrubbed the floors and cleaned the shining rails. And rank by rank we soaked the plank and clattered with the pails. We sewed the sacks, we broke the stones, we turned the dusty drill. We banged the tins and bawled the hymns and sweated on the mill. But in the heart of every man, terror was lying still. Chestnut tree looks cold and bare. They're pitching the tents in the field for the autumn fair. They're brushing the path of the leaves that fall. The ringmaster shouts, come on, come on. The children come in the bitter cold. They see if it's true, the stories that they've been told. And now that the fair is in full swing, you would not think it autumn for the feeling of spring. For children laugh and the people dance, and the leaves keep falling without a second glance. I wrote that poem about 18 months ago. It's about a, a tree on the outside of the wall here and we have it in the exercise yard. It's a chestnut tree. And you see the top of it. And that's what we do say when it changes, you know, in autumn and spring and what have you. And I've been watching it for the last three years. Never wrote poetry or short stories or anything until I came into prison. And I find that it's a great way of, you know, helping to, con you know, kill the boredom of prison and just help me out. And it gives me something to do in the cell, you know, for the long time of period that we do be in it. You're fairly limited within the prison itself. So these are ways that you express yourself. And you can only do it when you, when you come to this school. So, you know, it does help you to be able to write about poetry or short stories or something. It's an escape. Mountjoy is a difficult place to try and run an educational establishment because it's a huge prison. It has the atmosphere of a, a station platform, people coming and going all the time. Our students are not settled in a class for a great length of time. We come in on a Monday morning and we never know whether the students will be there that were there last week. This is very frustrating for teachers. It cuts off the development of relationships, um, relationships of trust between the student and the teacher. But they have tried to cope with it in different ways. For instance, we've, over the last three years, been running short courses rather than catering for academic, um, leaving cert type courses only. We've decided that um, we have to Put, put different types of program on where somebody only has to spend six weeks on a certain area and then he finishes that and can move on to a second course where um, he can see an actual result in six weeks. So teachers have developed courses suitable for Mount Joy. We cover the full range of academic subjects that are done outside in secondary schools 
but we also cater for prisoners who have a problem with reading and writing. Uh, we're very aware that a large number of the people in Mountjoy do have a problem. Um, maybe that they were able to read a newspaper to find out the s results of a m football match, but that they have problems in putting sentences down on paper and they feel that their writing is not very good or that their vocabulary is very limited. So a lot of our English classes deal with trying to improve their written and the written English. We cater for most of the academic intercert and leaving cert subjects, for instance, um, English, Irish, history. Recently, the Open University was brought into the prison as an option. So we have a couple of people who started off this year to do a sociology degree with Open University. But the area I think that's gone very well this year in Mountjoy could be called the creative area. The, over the last six months, uh, one of the teachers has developed a, dr a drama class where the prisoners write their own material with her help and then put on the play for a prison audience. And that's gone extremely well. Also, there seems to be more satisfaction in the students, for the students, doing music and art, where they see uh, an immediate return on their efforts. Because Mountjoy is such a busy place and people are coming and going, those three areas, the music, the drama and the art, have been very successful in the last year. Well, Pete, where are you off? The robin old gas mirrors, I suppose, eh? Mirrors? What are you talking about? The only mirrors I know are parking mirrors. I wouldn't know about that now half the meters down around Ballybock are gone missing. Ballybock's not my manner. You! You've no manners! Go on, Ewada. Pete, I'm warning you now, and I'll give you one warning only. If another meter goes missing in their own damn flats, you're for it. Now go on, get out of here! Um. I find drama very interesting, very time-consuming is what we're trying to pass time and here's a, an asset, you know, it's very entertaining for the fellow inmates, self-satisfaction. Um, and you tend to develop art that you don't, you would never search for outside. You know, you just, thanks to Liz, the teacher, she sort of put it to us and we all developed, as we call them, our little talents, you know, and hopefully they'd turn out well. It's an essential asset in socialising. Like, people, obviously, everywhere in the world have bare grudges against one another. But a play like this brings everybody in here together. The so-called hardened criminals become very friendly. You know, I don't mean over-friendly. I mean sociably friendly and a bit of slagging and a bit of this. In general, to get on well together. Plus, the prison officers that was involved in the play like, there was a lot of running around to be done, and one prison officer in particular, Mr. Small, he went, uh, like, to no ends to help us out, you know, running around here and there, where ordinarily you would have to go and get permission for this and permission for that, just to go across onto another wing, 
You know what I mean? A lot of security conscious guards wouldn't allow that. But Mr. Small, knowing us in the drama class and like obviously trusts us because he knows us, our character, we're only into entertaining everybody. You know, I'd like to think that I have the development within me to be brought out. But it's a great place for developing one's talents, if that's the right way of putting it. I like playing music. I think everybody likes to play music, you know. Some people can't do it, but if they'd like to be able to do it, they could, you know. I'd like to go professional, everybody would, you know, but it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of... And then again, you have to have the best of equipment if you want to make a lot of money out of it, or even if you want to make a living out of it, you know? You have to have the best of amplification, the best of musicians and all that, you know? Well, I'd be happy enough if just get the guitar in the house and maybe with a few friends and that. I'd be happy enough like that, kind of old sessions at that, in pubs and that. But uh, I wouldn't care about getting paid for it as long as I could do it and enjoy kind of doing it. I wouldn't like to do it for kind of... Uh, just to make money and not do what I, what I, what I want to do, the kind of music I want to do. I, I'd rather have it as a hobby and work maybe as at a nine-to-five job rather than see it go that way, you know. then they would find it quite easy to pick up from giving them a tape recorder and playing the actual tune they would want to learn. Uh, on the other hand, people who would be more interested in the aspects of reading, uh, there are a couple of students who are very, very good and have taken it quite serious and who would be quite capable of doing intercert music such as the history and the actual music itself. The, the most popular instrument in the prison would be the guitar because they can have the guitar in their cell. Now, there are a good few students who would love to have, such as the accordion or the piano, but that is not feasible. They just can't have it. So, I mean, the only time they would get for practice is when they would come up here in the morning time, when I would have a bit of free time. In here, they have the opportunity of being able to develop the knowledge of the actual music itself and the history of music. I mean, they're very interested in it. Let it be rock or let it be classical. Just because there are prisoners in here doesn't mean they're any different than us outside. They still have the same interest in music. But then the opportunities are not as easy outside in so far as getting classes, because they're quite expensive. Classes are expensive outside for music. Uh, again, it depends on their circumstances. If they're in a financial position, yes, they could have classes outside. Um, but most of them wouldn't. You know, I mean, I would feel would maybe 10% would continue in such a way like that they could form a group, like one or two have actually formed groups outside and they're, they're going on fairly well, you know. It's terrible to see that it just ends here. I mean, if they get the release, that's it, because they don't really have the incentive when they go outside because they're caught up in other aspects of their lives. So they sort of discard the music, but in here they absolutely 
love it. Mm. Because, I mean, between the music and the art, the art is another thing which is extremely popular. So, I mean, there's no follow-up to that either. And there are two particular areas that uh, brings out an awful lot in individuals in the prison, particularly the music and the art. I've been coming here now for the last three months, yeah. two months, two months a year now. And uh, before that, I didn't do much in the line of art, but uh, I'm getting to it seriously now. And I'm trying to learn how to use watercolors properly. And uh, I'd like to develop my own style, as such as uh, painting mainly animals and carriages, anything that's got to do with horses. I'm trying to um, to choose one media at a time, and watercolors is what I like at the time, at this time now. Uh, this class is about is about the best opportunity that I, that I personally have here in this prison at the at the present moment, because. Uh, it's a good outlet for creativity. As working in the cell, you can't work in the cell with watercolors because the light is wrong. Now you're not getting any much daylight coming through, and you can't work the proper tones with the electric lights. So it's mostly sketching and drawing, pencil drawing and ink drawing that I'll be doing in the cell. But uh, I kind of work out in my head in the cell what I'm going to do. And once it's planned out, once I have an idea, well, I try to do it when I'm go coming to classes in the day. It, it opens your eyes, and uh, you, it opens your eyes in a way that you look at things in a different way that you, you really see. You know, you, you you can see fetches, different tones. You're you're much more inquisitive into details, and and. Uh, and it's great because it opens up. You, I feel that you miss out a lot of of this world's beauty beforehand and now it just comes into focus like you know I grew up in a country where in terrain where there's beautiful scenery around and where there's actually a lot of people in, uh, painting and uh, and you're reminded all the time of of uh, of art in the place because uh, there's exhibitions all the time going on and this, but I didn't come to it very early, you know, but I always had a good sense of looking at nice things, you know. Well, I think education is useful in a prison because it takes the tension away in lots of situations. It helps to create a stimulating atmosphere for the prisoner. I'm not saying that it does it all on its own, but it should be used in partnership with other things that are going on in the prison to create a much more creative atmosphere for each prisoner so that he is given choices about what he would like to do when he's in prison and that he's not left vegetating. There aren't half enough activities for a prisoner while he's in. Whether he's doing six months or six years, Again, we're fitting in with current buildings which are very much out of date, which haven't got basic facilities like toilets or hot water, you know, and the pressure that's put on to bring about changes in facilities. We need to be constantly looking for new rooms. If we were to cater for four or 500 prisoners, we'd need a new school 
but I'm not sure whether there is um, a current urgency to change the situation. Education is not seen in an urgent way in the department. It's not seen to be an, an area that needs looking at immediately because of the pressures probably from other agencies. Although in lots of cases you get great cooperation and you get a willingness to bring teachers in, to bring educational people in, to bring visitors in to improve Mountjoy. There is a great willingness, apparent now, to change things for the prisoner in Mountjoy. But old attitudes still exist, and there is a mistrust of outsiders. There is an unwillingness on the part of some to bring in something that's considered maybe a danger to security or um, something newfangled, you know? Is there any way, for example, that you'd like to involve officers in some of your activities? Oh, yes. I don't think we can do anything without the cooperation and the support of the officers. Um, I think as long as they're aware of what we're trying to do, you know, they'll be willing to help. And if you haven't got that cooperation, you won't get very far. So that's absolutely necessary. Because they, they are the people who work with the prisoner day in, day out, and nighttime as well when we've gone home. They are the people who have to cope with all the little things that we don't know about. We're the nine-to-fivers, and um, they have insights that we don't always have. But on the other hand, they have to understand what we're trying to do. I think they're in a double bind um, where they are in charge of security and they are told that they have to look after things like the locking up and the letting out of prisoners. At the same time, they're told to get to know a prisoner. So you can't be a complete and trusted friend to somebody if you are also the one who has to tell him um, you're being punished for something you've done, I'm now going to lock you up and I'm taking away your privileges. So they have a more difficult situation than we have in lots of ways. We are dealing with adults in Mountjoy and this brings out a completely different way of teaching. You know, the whole, the whole philosophy behind what we're doing is different from teaching in a secondary school or in a primary school because we're dealing with adults on a voluntary basis and they, they are interested and put their name down to go to class. There is absolutely no compulsion on them. So we know beforehand that these people are willing, interested students. As governor of Mount Jai Prison, I certainly feel that education has a very important, positive role to play within the prisons. Uh, I believe that over the last 10 years or so, tremendous strides have been made in the development of educational facilities within prisons, and particularly in places like Mount Joy, where you have to uh, have certain uh, criteria laid down because of security and because of the type of clientele that we would have in prison, in, uh, held in a prison like Mount Joy, that would, to some extent, inhibit uh, developments in such things as educational 
uh, programmes. However, I think uh, through the cooperation of everybody concerned, uh, tremendous strides have taken place, and I would certainly see and look upon education uh, and educational programmes as playing a very important role within life uh, uh, in Mount Chai. I would feel myself that uh, the, the concept of education still in prison is too narrow, that the focus is very much on the academic type of, of uh, education uh, and academic type subjects. And I think that we haven't really got to grips yet with the, with the, the main educational needs of the vast majority of the prison population, which I would identify as being more social uh, type of education uh, and very basic fundamental education. Uh, I think a lot of people come into prison from deprived backgrounds with very, very little social education uh, and very little appreciation of the value of social education. Uh, and for that reason, I believe that we should be focusing a lot more in on the needs of the prisoners. Um, I think we need to research and uh, to analyse what those needs are and then to respond to the needs of the prisoners. I think at the moment, um, while it's not altogether true, that at times we're inclined to respond uh, to the, the skills and the expertise that we have, for instance, in the educational arena, uh, the, in other words, the teachers that we have, we try to facilitate uh, the educational programs to suit the expertise that we have, rather, I, I think, than looking at the needs of the prisoners and responding more to their needs. Uh, I, I think. Um, very basic education, literacy and numeracy is still uh, very much under, uh, what would I say, uh, uh, underutilised in, within the prison because a lot of people, while they can be uh, read and write, they certainly uh, have a very low standard and they need a lot of personal tuition. Uh, I think a lot of pre prisoners pass through the net in Mount Jai uh, because of the lack of communication and because of the lack of assessment and evaluation. Uh, through shyness, because they're not interested or they're afraid or they don't want to uh, admit that they need remedial type of education. Uh, and for that reason, I, I think a lot of people are not getting the service that they should be getting. They should be encouraged uh, to go to education. They should be uh, helped and supported in coping with it, because I think for people uh, coming from the backgrounds that they come from, that they find it very stressful to go to education and, and to learn to read and write. Uh, and I think as well as I must say that the facilities available in Mount Joy particularly for education are absolutely totally inadequate uh, Victorian style facilities and until such time as we provide better facilities well then education will never reach its full potential. But the whole concept of bringing in uh, outside people, uh, you know, uh, by and large, is a good one that be, because it does sort of keep some contact with community outside, which is very much lacking uh, within prison uh, generally. Because uh, you know, most most people are cl closed behind high walls and closed doors in prisons and forgotten about, and therefore I think it is very important that prisoners keep contact with society outside, and that's one way of doing it. Uh, I think that everybody working in a prison, whoever they are, are to some extent educators, uh, and they can provide education because it depends on what you're talking about. A lot of people coming into prison um, simply don't know how to go about uh, ordering a meal in a restaurant or uh, applying for some social services or whatever, uh, simple basic things that we all take for granted. And for that reason, I, I believe that any uh, person that had the benefit of normal education on the outside can help to impart some of that knowledge and expertise to prisoners. 
So what we're really talking about is a big team effort where everybody would work together uh, to provide the best possible services uh, and education is obviously one of those very top uh, priorities. It's a special class and it's, it operates sometimes once every two weeks and sometimes twice a month. And the people like who run it, um, you know, are teachers and they, they um, learn us, you know, how to go about helping uh, people who have um, difficulty in reading and writing. And um, there is a lot of people within the prison who have uh, this type of problem. Some of them um, do come to the school for help, um, some of them don't. Um, the people who don't come to the school might be getting some help from people within the prison. And um, it's really, um, I find it a sad case, uh, especially being in prison like that, they can't read and write because if, like, we come down from the recreation hall at night time, well, I can go into a cell the same as a lot of prisoners can, and we can pick up a book and read it or a magazine or sit down and write a letter home. Whereas these people come down, they can't do this. You know, they have to listen to music or do some type of um, physical exercises or they might be doing some hobby work in their cell, but they can't do anything in connection to reading and writing. To find it more easier, I think, to approach one of their own, like me being a prisoner as well as them, than, um, say, to come over to the school. Like, because um, these place somewhat more trust in the person involved, you know, like there's other people, like myself, who help these people, and they were seen to place more trust in the sense that, well, if I go to another prisoner, well, I mean, it'd be kept down to a very low profile. But if I go over to the school, well, various people would see me going over there. Um, do you know that I have a, a literate problem? And I don't want these people to know this. So by turning to one of their own, um, they get help. And um, we do what we can for them. You learn them how to um, read and write. You have to learn them both. I mean, you can't learn a person how to read and then just go up from there. I mean, you have to know his writing difficulties too and um, that's generally the way we start we uh, organize um, a class and um, all of us in the class are people who are training and we get some help from other people who already teach other prisoners um, by going into their cells um, at dinner time and um, they're there for an hour and a half and uh, they're giving these people exercises and uh, seeing how they progress from the previous week. Um, some people, when they come into prison, like um, take up uh, help and when they go out, some of them do go to night classes, but a majority of them don't go to the night class, which is understandable because when they go out, uh, some of them have um, problems like they're married and they get a job then and look after the kids, so that's understandable. A friend got me a job. I started working on Monday morning at half eight. The first thing I did was to get a key to the canteen and put the boiler on for the tea. Then I'd get my notebook, go into the workshop and go around asking the men what they wanted at the shop because I was the nipper and I had to write down some of the things in, in the notebook, but I could not read or write. 
So if someone wanted 20 senior service, I would put down 20 SS. If someone wanted 20 major, I would put down 20 M and so on and put their name or initials and money beside it. it it's that way I got to know their brand of smokes and others. At the end of the summer, I, I had to go back to school. I was called over to the head office by one of the bosses called me in to the office. Jerry, he said, Mr. Cooney has a job for you. Would you like it? It's better money and it's a good job. I asked him about the job. It was a timekeeper. I could not tell him. I could not read. He said, very well, Jerry, what do you think? I, I, I could not tell him. I had not got the heart. So he tapped me on the back. You will get on fine, he said. Try doing crosswords. I learned most of my knowledge from them. Okay, I said. Well, I'll take the job. Will you start on Monday morning, he asked. The job or the site was in RTE. I got passed, passed into RTE. For three days I was there by myself in a little office with a paper and pen hoping a miracle would happen and I would be able to read. I went over the headlines, but still I could not read. Some people would say, it will come to you someday, but it will never come, I thought. I went out of the office and saw one of the men. He was the ganger man. I got on with him, so I told him in a sort of way that I could not read. He got the message. He told Paddy and I lost the job. When I went into the, the job to get my money, the farmer told me the lady in the canteen wanted me for a job in the kitchen. But I was sick of working and I did not go. I think it all boiled down to reading. What do you think about that, Gerald? I think it's a very good story. You know, well, stop based on a school story. Like, well, I'm chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks that way. Yeah. I, I, was, I used to have the same problem, but it's, it's not the same, you know, similar, similar problem. Don't be reading, try to tell people. And try to, you know, when uh, somebody's doing something, you're doing it with them. You won't turn around them and say, well, I can't do that. Because you, you won't tell them you can't read. Can you give us an example of what? An example, like, uh, gone messages, right? And he say, read out to he may be going to message for his mother, he say, read them out to me, where I get them. You know, and you, you all say, well, I can't read that. You say, well, I have a passion, eh? And you seem to be getting them all mixed up. Well, I think, when oh, I right. found out there were so many people, right, with the same problem, right, then I hadn't got as much fear. I thought it was, say, there was only a few people in the world, say, me and another fella, who was in my class, right? So then I, I began to say, understand life more. Yeah. I'd ask more, right? And I, I think I used that as a bit of an excuse as well for not going. Played yeah. up with it, yeah. But most of the time I had it, I was in hospital for a few months, right? So when I went back, uh, school didn't matter to me. I, th I always had the impression that I was going to make it in life without school, you know? Did you ever sort of regret that you missed out on school at some stage? Say when I was 14, right? <laughs> I think it was. If I had to be anyone else, I would have had a nervous breakdown about it. But, you know, school really played up then. And then having to leave to go to, uh, say, say technical school, and then going to face all that, going to teachers and all. And I had to be brought down by the school inspector to go to it. You know, because I wouldn't have went with embarrassment. And you had to go in and explain that to the, you had to have an examination. You know, to see what class you were in. And I ended up in a class, right, where something similar to this, everyone was a robber in it. 
and made money or something, you know, it was mad. Mad class, but we got on there. And would the other kids make fun of you, do you think, if you couldn't read and write? Yeah, they, would, they wouldn't make fun of you in front of you. They wouldn't come behind your back. See, there's another thing I was listening to, Jerry. And no. See, with the masters, they give you homework. I mean, you can't do that homework. You can't turn around to the master, but I can't do that stuff. Because you probably give it a tongue or a little tongue saying, well, I'm about to be telling you this past hour. You say, do the homework. And when you come in and you haven't got your homework done, then you just stand up and you get a smack of a stick or something. Because either you didn't know how to do it, or you had the wrong answers, or you didn't do it. That's why you didn't come into school most of the time. Yeah. So I saw the master throwing, throwing the kid through a window. Because he embarrassed the kid, the kid started crying in front of the master. Right? The master was giving out to him, bringing, putting him down, you know? Very family now, and the kid felt bad and he started crying. So the kid ran at the master. They hit him back. The master picked him and threw him through the window. Get him back to this reading and writing, I think, is very useful, you know? Because, I mean, Reading and writing is a part of every job, like. Right. You go into the shop, you must be able to read. You be able to tell cards, I mean, they'll hand you this, you must be able to load, you know, able to read them. It's a part of every job. I mean, my reading 12 months ago, I mean, couldn't understand what I was saying, you know? I hadn't the fairest. But since I came into prison, I've learned a lot, I think. And you can read, right? means that you're taking in more and you can express yourself more and relate to people. And maybe that's another thing that I like, saying life. And I, I found that out of, say, more mature, say, inmates, when you talk to them, they have a different attitude in life, and say, more understanding. So I think you have to accept, accept things, and say, reading and writing, it's just another thing, isn't it? But I think if I could have read it, right, I lost some pretty good jobs, right, because I couldn't read, right? Say, I was offered a job, right, as a hall porter, and the only reason I couldn't take that because I couldn't write down who to call in the morning out of rooms, right? And I'd, I couldn't do nothing because I had no confidence because I couldn't work, couldn't read. I could have got a job as a printer. I was offered a job and I had to turn it down. I didn't tell him I couldn't read. I just said, nah, I can't take it. And I've embarrassed the situation. I've been in loads of them. I told you, Fiona, I was in my girlfriend, right? And I broke her off for her because she's gone to college now. Yes, she's gone because, because I didn't have the reason why I broke it off for her. You learn to embarrass me. The more embarrassed, the more embarrassed you get, the more, you know, the more you want to learn. I was only afraid was when I had kids, I'd have nothing to offer them. Because I, you know, because I don't know how to read, so I won't be able to help them be able to read. There's another way a father helps his son. Or when you read a, a nighttime story, he has to hide or something. Would you make sure they go to school? Now, you can't make sure you, go, you can only, you know, ask them to go to school, that you should go to school, but you can't make them go to school. Or you couldn't be made to go to school. Would you be able to talk to them, do you think, about your own feelings on reading and writing? I will, yeah. I will talk to them on that. I'll tell them what way I was. And if I still can't read, then I'll tell them that as well. And my son has me, how to, my son has me to read, fair enough. It's just that I hope I know how to read before I even have any kids. I think the priorities at the moment are to provide facilities and, and accommodation for more prisoners rather than to improve the facilities that we have. And I think within community, people would, would not have a great amount of sympathy for uh, you know, providing more facilities, educational facilities or other facilities for prisoners. Uh, the main demand would be to provide accommodation to lock up more people. But I hope uh, long term that people will respond and people will realise, um, and politi particularly politically, that there, uh, there is a great need to provide modern uh, 
facilities to help to provide what I would believe is the right of prisoners, the right to uh, education particularly, because I think as citizens of the state, uh, when they're committed into prison as, as citizens of the state, but deprived of their liberty, that the state has a responsibility and the onus is on the state to provide the facilities for them, to make up for some of the things that they didn't get when they were out in community. And a lot of prisoners did not get the uh, basic education that they should have got when they were uh, younger people. Uh, and because they end up in prison, I don't believe that they are any lesser as human beings. And I think under the Constitution itself, it clearly states, uh, you know, and illustrates that we should cherish all children equally. And the facts are that, particularly with the vast majority of prisoners, that we don't cherish them all equally. And they haven't got, uh, for various reasons, uh, the same opportunity as uh, the vast majority of their peers on the outside. And for that reason alone, I think that there is, there is an onus on us uh, within the prison service to provide educational facilities for people. As well as that, I think that you know, uh, once people are committed to prison, uh, the onus is on us to provide useful occupation for them. Uh, and I would see education as being one of the most important occupations for people, particularly for the people that need education. I, I think that you have uh, a tremendous amount of untapped uh, potential within the prison community uh, and uh, actually a lot of very capable people and very talented people uh, within the prison uh, are often the people that come back to prison uh, more, most often. Why do you think that? Uh, I think myself that, that society itself has, you know, uh, has a lot to, to answer for in that case because I believe that, that a lot of people who come into prison uh, receive very little actual support on their release from society. Uh, a matter of fact, I would say that it is a great disadvantage to serve a prison sentence. That whatever chance they had before they came into prison, they have very little at all when they go out, simply because people won't imply them, for instance, if they realize they have been in prison, when they can select uh, people who haven't had a criminal record. Uh, I, I believe that sometimes they go back, or indeed most times, they go back into the very same social situation as where they came in from. You have people with, with uh, broken homes, no homes, living rough, um, no obvious means of support, uh, and they go back out uh, uh, and release from prison to the very same situation. And some of them, we have to be frank and admit, have no option but to rob, to exist. So I think that there is a very big social uh, dilemma to be answered out there as well, and to for society in general to tackle it uh, and to try and, and give some type of uh, support, positive support to people, particularly as people you mentioned, people with talent, who could survive if they had the proper support on their release. See, most people that's locked up today, the only nurse they need is help. That's all. Help people who need it. I mean, there's this new law now that they have, you, you do a government scheme, you have to clean up the roads or something, you're going to do well, that's sort it's, it's, I know, and I know what I'm talking about because it's my first time in. And I feel it's made me feel hateful for what I'm, because I'm locked up. And I can't have because I'm surrounded by people who do hate, and I have to hate back. When I was in here, it was just to help me out. I deserve to be in here, like everybody else. But my problem that I had could have been helped if someone was willing to help me.